You can support this podcast on patreon.com forward slash firstpawmedia. Radio Free Palmer 89.5 KVRF presents Mushing Radio, hosted by Robert Forto. Mushing Radio is about dog-powered sports, living in the Great White North, and mushing. Visit our website at mushingradio.com. Here is your host, Robert Forto. Hello and welcome to Mushing Radio. This is Michelle Forto, one of the co-hosts for DogWorks Radio and First Paw Media. I'm covering tonight's show for Robert, who is recovering from surgery, and I am joined by his wonderful co-host, Tony. And on tonight's show, we're going to be talking about the Knick 200 race recap. Tony, how's it going? Going well. It was a really fun weekend of a lot of dog mushing, and I managed to follow along with a couple of races that we uh, previewed earlier uh, in last week. And so I'm just ready to, to talk mushing. Yeah. And I hear that there was a lot of mushing going on this weekend. Not only did we have the connect 200, we had the connect 100, we had the gunflint race and we had a few little, uh, not little, some sprint dog mushing races going on. But I don't know about you, but it was rough getting everything in this weekend on top of the 49ers game going on. Yeah, that was that was also a lot of, um, yeah. yeah. Thankfully, I don't, well, I shouldn't say thankfully, but I didn't get a chance to watch the Niners game because we're in the uh, Seahawks region and I don't pay for the uh, Sunday ticket. So. Aw, Darn. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what can you tell us? What were some of the highlights about the Connect 200? Sure. So uh, the Connect 200 actually went off with um, without much of a hitch. Uh, we talked about in the preview how it sometimes is the first race that gets canceled in the season. But this year we had cold weather. And even though they did have to shorten the uh, trail and do two loops instead of doing one big loop around. Um, they they seem to really have had a really successful run. We did have six scratches, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I did want to just recap uh, the race. It started uh, on the Kinnick Lake and then traveled up to the Eagle Quest Lodge before returning to the Kinnick Lake for their six hour mandatory rest plus time differential before heading back out. And the teams started making their way back into the finish about 11 a.m., 11.15, was when Eddie Burke Jr. came in to win the Kinnick. Everyone there on the lake thought it was Brent Sass coming in, but as we saw the team come out of the woods onto the lake, you could definitely tell it wasn't Brent. Brent's known for his very bright, booties on his dogs and that not bright orange but it's a burnt orange parka that he wears and these dogs were wearing all black the musher was in a lot of black or dark clothing and so it was a really good exciting finish it was a new winner uh eddie said at the finish line he's no longer a wild card so <laughs> That was really, really exciting. I was, I was stoked to see someone new. Uh, behind Brent was Nick Petit in third. 
Hugh Neff came in fourth, and Michelle Phillips rounded out the top five. Um, Neff and Phillips ran the first 100 miles basically just smoking the rest of the field. And Eddie, Brent, and Nick were in, solidly in that chase pack. So the top five didn't really change as far as names. They just changed in placement. Right. Um, before, I, I did oh, check yeah. the I did check the tracker at one point, um, which is not yeah. something I typically do unless I have, you know, Robert or our daughter, Nicole, in a race or I'm managing, you know, their trackers while they're out and about. And I got to tell you what I noticed right off the bat was those front packers were really close in speed the entire race from what I could tell. And I found that pretty extraordinary, meaning that all five of them were clipping along at a, on an average speed of seven and a half to nine and a half miles per hour. And I know based on our trails, it was super fast and super cold. So we were hovering between negative six and negative 20 degrees. And if they were out on the swamp, they were at that colder temperature because the swamp always is colder. And so that means it's a fast trail. So it's not necessarily meaning that they were running the dogs hard. Sometimes the dogs like to go fast when the ice is in the right conditions. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's that little less friction that you have to deal with when it's a little bit colder. The the trails set up really nice. And just in the area that they're running in, those trails are well groomed um, and well used. So they're not, they weren't looking at having to break trail. Uh, there had been some reports that we were supposed to get snow on Sunday when everybody was coming back in. I didn't see any report of any real accumulation at all this weekend that in that area. So that didn't play a factor like some had believed it would be. So it was just really about speed. Um, we didn't see a lot of overflow. We didn't see a lot of um, more of that difficult trail. So it was just I just kept hearing every time somebody came in, that was just so much fun. That was just so much fun. Yeah. So it, it's always a, a good way to start out the race season when everybody's in a good mood at the end of the race. Hey, absolutely. And, you know, there is something to be said about the first race of the season happening under a full moon. It really does change the trajectory of everybody's spirits. I've ran dogs under a full moon. Robert loves running dogs under a full moon. He turns his headlamp off and just lets it ride. It is a lot of fun and a great experience, and I highly recommend it for anybody out there, enthusiasts like me and you and hardcore mushers. If you ever have the opportunity to run under the moonlight, it is a whole different experience. Yeah, it, it had to have been. I know how pretty it was down here on the Kenai with the moon, so I can only imagine what it looked like out there with just the dogs and the teams. And I'm sure some of them, uh, like Robert, just turned off that headlamp because, you know, it, the moon was bigger and brighter than I think most headlamps would be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that is in our neck of the woods. We're just across the highway from the majority of that race. And uh, it was a gorgeous evening. I was hoping for some northern lights. I don't think that we got that. We did just get, you know, a smidge of snow, but nothing really to be concerned about at all. Mm -hmm. So um, other than that, I noticed that there were quite a few scratches. 
Yeah, there were six scratches. Most of them were due to young teams just on their first race, um, and they haven't been do. They don't have that experience of having longer runs and longer uh, trails. So most of them decided they'd rather run something like a Kinnick 100. So there was an unofficial Kinnick 100 that was run uh, <laughs> with a couple of these puppy teams. Uh, and then you had Caden Foster, who did have a young team out of Nick Petit's kennel. He ended up, he, I don't know if he was having necessarily trouble or if it was just the dogs were too young and too inexperienced, but they started out slow and they continued to be slow. So he was basically withdrawn from the race for being non-competitive. He was about six hours behind the next team, which uh, just adds way too much yeah, it's it's too um, far. To, to yeah. all of the logistics, it is. It's just too far. And then Eric Kelly, who is an Iditarod veteran, uh, very used to these trails, his dogs ended up coming down, he says, with a stomach bug. So that was a little bit different than the other teams. But everybody else was just young teams with dogs who were doing great, but they wanted to end on a positive note, and you don't really want to just slog it out. There's no real reason to in a 200-miler Unless, you know, you're really close to the finish, you don't need to push them another 100 miles. Always want to end up positive. They, the dogs think they won the race, even if they've only gone a couple of inches. As long as they have a good time, they're going to want to do it again, and you'll have a better result next time. Absolutely agree with that and all of their approaches. I do want to mention that, you know, thankfully we didn't have a lot of the uh, – unexpected guests out there as far as moose visitations go so that was good for those puppy teams to get the experience get out on those colder trails that some puppies have Mm -hmm. a little bit of an issue with that cold different differentiation between you know coming off the lakes and getting into the swamps and things it it is a definite dip in temperature and that can throw some young dog teams off a bit so uh tony you got anything else on the race recap for the connect 200 i just want to give a shout out to the different awards that they have they only have a couple and of course our red lantern was joshua ribbons uh, the Joe Reddington Senior Spirit of Mushing Award went to Matt Thaler, who he almost didn't get to run because he had truck trouble uh, at the start. He almost didn't make it to the start. You have the Humanitarian Award for Excellent Dog Care, which is sponsored by Vern Halter and Susan Witten, uh, went to Hunter Keefe, and the Bud Smith Sportsmanship Award, sponsored by Smith Dog Works. Excuse me, I just totally tripped over that. Smith Logworks uh, also went to Hunter Keith, uh, and that one's a really fun one because you get you get awarded a chainsaw. Yeah, neat. So, that is neat. Which is always always important to have when you have trails that uh, trees always like to fall across. Hey, hey, they live in our neighborhood. They know our trails. We are constantly <laughs> cutting down trees. All right. I am happy to announce that, uh, Tony, we survived this show with our intrepid producer standing by. Um, So I'd like to let everybody know to tune in on Friday for the Copper Basin 300 race preview show. And hopefully Robert will be able to get dialed in and and talk with you on on that evening. Uh, Thanks for listening, you guys. Remember, I'm Michelle Forto, joined by... 
uh, Tony for Mushing Radio and First Paw Media. From Dog Works Radio, this is Mushing Radio. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. You can tap or swipe on the episode cover art, and you'll see some offers from our sponsors. You can support our show by supporting them. If you like what you have heard, we would love it if you could give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe, too. Your host is Robert Forto. Our producers are Michelle Forto, Alex Stein, and Tony Ryder. Our executive producer is Robert Forto. Created for DogWorks Radio and First Paw Media.